0: Two Kids and a Career is a production of Jill Divine Media. We have a lot of work to do when it comes to helping those with mental illness. And in episode um, 45, when I talked to Gina about her husband's suicide, she talked about how it was October that they realized, and he had been having issues, that he was really in a different place. This was something different than they have experienced. And so they called his psychiatrist and he wouldn't be able to get in until December. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yeah. That is a huge, huge problem. It has to be treated seriously. This is an illness. Yes. It
1: makes me so irate how difficult it is to see somebody who's qualified to help you when you're in that crisis state. And let's be honest, mo- it takes a crisis state for most mm. of us to get brave mm. enough to reach out for help, right? Like, yes. it, it just does. That's human nature. I'm I'm trying to change that by letting people know what the warning signs are. But oftentimes we just like are trying to survive our life. And so it takes something, it takes a very dark moment, rock bottom,
0: and we need help now. Two Kids in a Career is brought to you by Blondin Real Estate. They're a family-owned boutique-style brokerage with over 40 years of experience serving the counties that surround St. Louis. See the properties they have to offer at BlondinRealEstate.com. That's BlondinRealEstate.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, podcast you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out there's going to be tears there's going to be laughter but most importantly there will be support take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another this is two kids and a career Welcome to another episode of Two Kids in Her Career. Let me remind you to stick around to the end for our super mom shout out. And for details on that, you can always head to JillDevine.com for some updates. So I have, it's no surprise, a long -winded, winded introduction for my guest. But first, I won't make her wait through the whole introduction. Laura Fleetwood, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jill. I am excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. So let me explain this. I've obviously explained it to Laura before, but I want to explain it to you, the listener, to give you a little bit of a background of how things transpired. So if you have been paying attention to the podcast, you know that I have been open about growing my faith. I have a very long way to go but I am on this journey where I'm diving in and I'm I'm wanting to learn more. So, with that being said, the church that I go to, the name is Messiah Lutheran. It is in a suburb of St. Louis, Missouri. I don't even really know why this particular moment happened, but I had been thinking about getting a tattoo on my wrist somewhere. And All of a sudden, I saw this woman on stage singing, and she put her her hands and her (laughs) arms up, and she had a tattoo on her wrist, and I was like, this is my sign. This is my sign. What is going on? In the process, and if you haven't figured out, that would be Laura that I am referring to, so in the process, I end up getting someone following me on Instagram under the name of Seeking the Still which happens to be Laura. And I looked and I was like, wait a minute, that's the woman from church. Wait a minute. She has a really interesting story based on what I'm seeing. And then to make the story even longer, um, I have done some volunteer work. Traditionally, it's known as Sunday school. And Laura's sister, I would always volunteer with. And I started talking to her one day and she said, that's my sister. The one with the tattoo, the one that's inspiring you, that you want on the podcast, that's my sister. It's maybe a funny little inside joke for us, but that's how we are connected now, Laura. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I couldn't believe it when you said that. That just made me smile because um, I love that you noticed the tattoo of all things. <laughs>
0: Glad that I could inspire you to get your own. So yes, yes. I want to start with seeking the still. And when I saw your Instagram and I and I saw that you struggle with anxiety and depression, I started diving in a little bit more. And this is again perception. You know, you you think one thing and you really don't know, but Sometimes what I was thinking was, oh my gosh, this woman struggles with anxiety and depression. How can she, because you are the director of Brandon Creative at the church we go to, and I thought to myself, how can she be on stage and sing in front of all these people? How can she do these video announcements where everybody can see? And it still until recently made me realize, okay, maybe that is anxiety to me, but that's not necessarily anxiety to you or someone else. And we are now starting to talk more about mental health and mental illness. And that's what I really kind of wanted to start with is how all of this transpired with seeking the still and the anxiety and the depression and the definition for you versus the definition for me.
1: Sure. Well, you know, it's it's one thing to look like you have it all together on the outside. <laughs> you can do that and be falling apart on the inside. And that is kind of uh the start of my story is that you know, I never thought that I had anxiety ever, even though now looking back as a child I can see that there were lots of warning signs and and symptoms The reason I never knew it is because the way I coped with anxiety was to achieve and to be successful and to always plan for the worst case scenario. You know, those are things the world rewards when you're super successful and you can do anything you put your mind to. Um, But that was just my way of numbing, or pushing down the anxiety that I felt on the inside. And finally, it all came to a breaking point when I was 37 years old. So this was six years ago. And I call it a perfect storm because my life was super stressful at the time. I was working full time and, you know, doing a lot of volunteering and my husband was traveling and I just started getting all of these physical symptoms of stress and anxiety, like not Constantly nauseous, especially in the morning. And this isn't like morning sickness kind of nausea, but just like constant pit in my stomach. Um, Lost a lot of weight, started having trouble sleeping, couldn't fall asleep, um, lots of shaking. And just like I thought I had a physical issue. So I was going to doctors and, and One doctor said to me, you know, this is anxiety. And I looked at her and I must have had the most incredulous look on my face. Like, who, me? Like, what do you mean? Have you seen my life? How could I have anxiety? And lo and behold, it kept getting worse and worse until I got to the point where I could no longer function in my life and ended up in a really dark place. And I think you know, we do a disservice when we think that someone is so successful that they, you know, could never struggle because it's often the people who look so strong um, that are actually struggling. They've just gotten so good at wearing a mask and hiding it behind things that, you know, sometimes look nice and lovely to to people on the outside. So um, it's real It can happen to anyone, you know, at age 37, I had to go to a treatment center and be evaluated and walked away with a diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder, Um, started having panic attacks and like really intense long-term anxiety where I had to take time off work and um, begin the journey of rediscovering who I really was and how I wanted to. To live. Um, And for a long time, I kept saying, you know, I just want the old Laura to to be back. I don't like this new Laura that, you know, is struggling. And what I learned is that the old Laura was not healthy. The old Laura didn't know some really important truths about who she was and how she was called to live in this world. And it was only through the darkness of, of this journey of kind of coming to the end of myself and realizing that I'm not in control and that God has this beautiful dream for me on this side of eternity. Um, and it comes through surrender. It comes through, oh, giving up control. It comes through recognizing that um, I'm like a feather in the wind, you know, and he's he's the one, he's the wind. He's the one blowing me um from place to place where he wants me to be. So it's been a long, hard journey. And what I would say to anyone struggling is as horrible as it seems in the moment, it can also be a gift. And so don't give up. So how do you manage
0: everything now?
1: So it was a process. You know, there were seasons when I couldn't be on stage. You know, I I just couldn't. I was too much of, a, of an anxious mess to... um to have that kind of pressure. And it's looked like lots of doctor visits, lots of therapy appointments, lots of time in prayer and writing and sharing my story with other people that struggle. I take medication. That is a big part, I think of, of what has gotten me to where I am now. And I fought that, you know, I fought that hard. I did not want to have to take an antidepressant or a sleeping medicine, you know, um, But I got to a point where that's what I needed to do. And now I think, why didn't I do it sooner? You know, I've Mm -hmm. learned that we are body, mind, and spirit. And so often we try to just work on one of those areas. And the fact is, you can't separate them. So, you know, when you have anxiety, literally the chemicals in your brain are out of whack and that causes racing thoughts. It causes, you know, issues in your mind, which then cause physical symptoms in your body. You know, all of those warning signs that I had. So we have to look at ourselves holistically. And and I wish, this is my dream, is to someday have a an organizational place where you can go to Get help in all three areas at once. Unfortunately, right now you just have to do it on your own, and so I had to learn. I had to create my own team. So I created my own team of of a psychologist, of a psychiatrist, of my spiritual mentors, um, of a doctor. You know, I did naturopath and a naturopath doctor, and thankfully I'm. I you know I have I'm privileged and I could do that there are a lot of people who can't and so yeah. now I just try to I don't know open the veil a little bit about what I've learned and help others who maybe don't have the same um opportunities that I did to build their teams and to reach out for hope and help because it's there it's there unfortunately It just takes some work on our end to um, put our team together.
0: When you were talking about, you know, being privileged and having the opportunity to do these things, but even when you said you wanted to have a place that took care of all of those things, I've said this beyond the podcast. This was years ago that, and this is not an insurance debate, but we have a lot of work to do when it comes to helping those with mental illness. And in episode um, 45, when I talked to Gina about her husband's suicide, she talked about how it was October that they realized, and he had been having issues, that he was really in a different place. This was something different than they have experienced. And so they called his psychiatrist and he wouldn't be able to get in until December. Mm. That's a problem. Yeah, That is a huge, huge problem. And There are so many things that need to be done when it comes to, I mean, even a therapist. Like I see a therapist and I am grateful that the insurance, it still works with the copay. But, and we've talked about it, how there are some people who can't see her because their insurance, she can't take their insurance and their insurance doesn't cover those kinds of visits. And it's just too much money. It's just... It has to be treated seriously. This is an illness.
1: Yes. It makes me so irate how difficult it is to see somebody who's qualified to help you when you're in that crisis state. And let's be honest, it takes a crisis state for most Mm. of us to get brave Mm. enough to reach out for help, right? Yes. It it just does. That's human nature. I'm, I'm trying to change that by letting people know what the warning signs are. But oftentimes we just like are trying to survive our life. And so it takes something, it takes a very dark moment, rock bottom, and you need help now. Right. you, You cannot wait three months. I remember that calling around to different psychiatrists. And yeah, it was three to six months if they were even accepting patients. Right, And it was just a miracle of God literally that I finally found this psychiatrist that I work with now who I love. And I, I went through one that I didn't like so much before that. You know, it's like any other doctor, it's important to find the right fit. So I've asked my psychiatrist, why is it that there are not enough mental health providers? And the answer she gave me was very complicated. And, you know, it has to do with the education process and like how many people they let into the the uh, universities to study it and all kinds of things, but that has to change. And yeah, and, and I don't know what else besides a grassroots, you know, demand from those of us who recognize the problem is is going to fix it. Because you're right; it, it it's just like needing to go to a, me- a medical doctor or a hospital um, if you're having trouble breathing. You need the help. Then you know, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. I, I, it's so frustrating. I didn't even, I mean, I knew it, but until you said it, when like most of the times in these situations, it is an immediate right then, right now or tomorrow and mm-hmm. and that's it. So you are taking the knowledge that you have learned about yourself and you want to help others. You want to help women. You want to help young girls. And that's how Seeking the Still came about. You. Want to talk a little bit about how you got the name and then what Seeking the Still offers? Sure. So I started blogging
1: when my girls were young. So before all of the anxiety kind of stirred up in my life. And it it was um, one day I was out with my daughters and it was a beautiful day and we were just like – Swirling around, and you know, I was like, This freedom, this sense of just enjoying the moment is I want to capture it somehow. And it was like seeking the still, like that is this I had this restlessness in my soul, um, that nothing was filling. And it was like, If I could just seek the still in every moment of my day, like that is what I need. And so, I started to journaling and blogging. Um, And then that became a whole nother meaning to me when I went through anxiety. And it was no longer just this soul restlessness that I wanted to seek the still in, but it was the physical pain and anguish and the mental chaos in my mind. Um, You know, I always say that so many of us have a weary body, a busy mind and a restless soul. Mm. and that it described me and so it was like okay seeking the still then became this quest to have a calm mind and a restored body and a satisfied soul and what happened is when my anxiety really got bad i i just like felt this overwhelming urge to share it on my blog and so i did and i i documented bad days and shared the good days and, and, you know, the whole process. And so many women and even men as well, but especially women responded with me too, like me too. And they were usually the women you never would have guessed. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what, this is something, there's something here. And if, you know, you probably hear it a lot, but if I can turn my pain into purpose, then it will have all been worth it. And I can look back now and see that that's exactly what God has done. And it is such now an honor and a privilege to share with women and girls. Um, I do a lot of writing as well as speaking and mentoring and coaching. Um, to just let them know they're not alone. And oftentimes I was just meeting with with a mom today and her daughter's struggling. And she said, I don't understand it. Like I don't struggle with anxiety. And so I can't, I feel like I can't help her because I just can't wrap my mind around it. And that's so true. I remember telling Justin in the midst of a panic attack, you know, he's like, Laura, what is it that you're so worried about? And I looked at him and I said, everything and nothing all at the mm-hmm. same time. Like you can't explain it unless you've been through it. So yep. that is that is my mission now is to use creative uh, methods, very practical as well as faith-based methods to help women and girls have some practical tools as well as just some wise um Experience, you know, from somebody who still struggles. I mean, I still struggle. I would say that I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place, but I still have moments and I still have days that I have to take off work because um, the overwhelm or the physical anxiety is is just too much. So I think that's God's way of keeping me humble and like keeping me in tune with what it feels like, so that um, He can use me and He. Is like every day I get messages and texts from from people who are struggling, especially now with the coronavirus. I mean, we could talk about that; it's a whole nother. You you know, Americans are the most stressed out people on the planet anyway, and now that's just been magnified. So it's a tough time for a lot of people, but I just want. want anyone listening to know there's hope and that you're not alone. And it is possible to walk through it, but you have to go through it. You can't just jump out of it.
0: It's a process. If someone wanted to reach out to you or to see some of your writings, where would they go? Seekingthestill.com is is the main platform where all of that
1: is located. So that is where you can go um, or follow me on Instagram or Facebook as well. But a lot of Great free resources
0: are are at seekingthestill.com. I want to pivot now and take the last part of our conversation and talk about faith. And for someone that is growing their faith and for someone like you who is, I mean, in my opinion, you probably are always growing your faith, but you're a lot further along than I am. I don't understand why there have been certain things put into people's head. And and I'll just use me as an example that if you do have a tattoo, there might be something wrong with you and you're not a Christian, you're a sinner. Or if you want to wear, I don't know, leather into church. I don't know. That's such a silly example, but like there's been all these things that I think people have, Made up in their mind that makes them or can, they consider themselves not a Christian. Does that make sense to you what I'm trying to say? Like, if you like to listen to rap music or you like to listen to country music and you don't listen to, you know, gospel music, then you're not a Christian. Yeah. And I, I am learning that we have to do something about that and make sure that you know you're welcome. Like, I know our church is very good about that. Again, the woman on stage has tattoos. So I kind of wanted to pick your brain on that because it's, it's troublesome to me that this idea exists. If it's even just in my brain, that's hard to comprehend. Yes, it's very sad because it's
1: actually what Jesus would say is the exact opposite. You know, Jesus came for everybody regardless of what music you like, what you look like, how you dress, you know, that d- does not matter um, at all. And yet there is that stereotype, I think, because of of judgmental um, experiences that people have had in the past with Christians. You know, Christians are human and we are – fallible and messed up like everybody else. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: um, so I think that there has been a season in Christianity when the church was known for what the church was against instead of what the church is for or who the Ah, church is for. And that is the shift that I am championing. And I know that um, Messiah is as well is that we want to be known for what we're for and who we're for and we are for the world we are for the broken we are for the mom who is going through a divorce we are for the 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 person who you know is addicted to to pain pills we are for the businessman and the janitor and um, somebody who has a, a sleeve of tattoos you know it, it, it's the church is, is meant to be for all, and it's very sad that that there is a, a percep- perception, um, and rightly so in some cases, you know, that, that had to begin somewhere, that if you're not judged worthy, you know, that you're not yeah. accepted um, into a church because the truth is we are all sinners. We are all There is not one sin that is worse than another in Christ's eyes, and that's why He came to cover it all. So, please, anyone listening, you know, you are you are welcome. Like the Lord Jesus Christ wants you, no matter what. In fact, you know, the farther you are from Him, the more He's going to seek you. So,
0: um,
1: thank you for bringing that up because I think that's important to to talk about.
0: Well, I brought this up with Leslie Holiday in um, season three. I had told her that I distinctly remember being at church one day. Um, be, this goes exactly what you're saying—that for, we're for people, not against people, and and it doesn't matter. But I remember um, Pastor Jim talking about how in in some cases, the church would shut their doors on individuals who got divorced. The church would shut their doors on individuals who were facing addiction. And he had said, that's when the church doors should open even wider. And it hit me like, you're right. I mean, we need that. And, And you just hit on like The farther away you are from Jesus, he's like, bring it on. Come on in. I want to help you. I want to show you. And and that's what we need. I think what people sometimes maybe forget, and and this is what I'm trying to comprehend, is that just because you are a Christian, you're still going to fail. Like you said, you're going to mess up. And that's that's the point. That's what Jesus is teaching us. Like, hey, remember this you've, you can grow, you can be better. And the, it's just sin is all around us. Sin is inside us. And I just think we've, we got to Like, we got to do that shift. Like you said, we've got to do the shift for the people. And, um, you know, something about the judging is like, it, it, you That's exactly what a Christian isn't supposed to be. They're not supposed to be judgmental. So if they're a Christian, they're judging you because you don't go to church or they're judging you because you're whatever. That's not what we're supposed to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is open a Bible and look at the words of Jesus. You know, Jesus was so full of grace. And he ran towards those who were hurting and who um, were shunned by the community. You know, he, he ran to them. He saw them. Um, you know, Jesus sees into the heart of people. He does not care about outward appearances. Um, he sees into your heart. And the beauty of it is that he came to give you life to the full, on this side of heaven and into eternity. And so I think if there's one thing in regard to faith that I could put out into the world today, it would be that it all begins with a relationship with Jesus. If if your faith doesn't start – With that relationship, then it can easily become about rules, you know, following the Ten Commandments, um, you know, acting and behaving the way that you assume you have to act and behave. But when you have a relationship with Jesus through His Spirit, you see that He's all about grace and love. I mean, yes, there is the law, you know, God is perfect. And so anything that's not perfect— is in conflict with God. Well, guess what? We're all not perfect. And so we would constantly be in conflict with God and we could not, we'd be separated from him, right? If it were up to us. But Jesus came to bridge the gap. He came so that we could be in relationship with God, in relationship with Jesus. And when that is what fills you, then your life changes naturally because you're because you're in relationship with him so I think that the church would be wise to encourage people to pursue a relationship with Jesus before um, worrying about how someone behaves you know because you're not going to change your behavior until you change your belief and until you have that that love in your life so that's the way that I look at it
0: I love it. I mean, I will say that there's, you know, a whole bunch of different conversations about faith. And I know that I'm not here to argue the science side. That's not me. That's not where I am. That's my journey is growing my relationship with Jesus right now. So I really appreciate you saying that. I I have one last question about that. Um, before we wrap up, is that do you feel, and I guess maybe this is, everybody's different, but I have asked past guests about their shift in their minds as far as just having this, a more sense of peace or more sense of just positive thinking. And And I know the answer is always like, I don't really know how long it took me, but it just happened. Meaning you don't wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden you start thinking positive. You don't wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden you're praying every minute. But when you do have that and it's created, do you feel like with this relationship that you are with your, um, with Jesus and your faith, that you feel a little bit more content? For sure. Because You know, before my anxiety journey,
1: I knew that Jesus was Lord or master of my eternity, right? I knew that because I've been a Christian since I was born. I can't ever remember not being a Christian. I was raised in it. So, like, I knew that I was going to heaven, right? I knew Mm -hmm. he was Lord of my eternity, but I didn't know he was Lord of my life, like that he cares about the details that he will make a way when there is no way that he can be trusted and depended on and when i had nothing else when i could no longer trust myself when i could no longer had control over my thoughts or my behavior or you know my feelings all i had was jesus and i remember lying on my bathroom floor in panic attacks and i would hold out my hand and just like imagine that Jesus was was holding my hand leading me through my day and and what that did is it built trust because i saw how he provided i saw how he sent the right person at the right time how he got me a doctor you know that would have never happened and and all of these things and so what i would say is like practice surrendering to him and and practice trusting and when you see how he's faithful then that builds your trust to trust him with a little more of your life and then you see how he's faithful and that gives you more trust to get to you know for bigger parts of your life and then suddenly like you're giving away your money and you're like i don't care because jesus is going to provide you know and it's crazy like it, it is the wildest ride of your life when 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 you can really start trusting in him and to know that he is faithful to every person on this planet. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's not always in yeah. the way that you want it to be. Like, don't think that, you know, I'm like, oh, I want a million dollars and Jesus is going to right. <laughs> make that show. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, even just the little things like he's always working everything for good and we uh-huh. don't see it in the moment, but when we can look back on our life and we go, yeah, there's no way I could have made that happen like that, that was a, a God thing and, and it's true. So, um, yeah, I have lots of peace, not always, but I have lots of peace because I know I can trust him. <sighs>
0: You make me want to learn even more and grow even more on this spiritual journey. I mean, to push me to, to say, okay, what if I did this, or how do I do this? So I will definitely have you back on. Uh, We will be talking more about spiritual stuff, and you know, I did not say this at the beginning. Laura is also a girl mom; she has two daughters and. We have lots of conversations to have about that as well. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Yes, we learned that our our girls are the same um, distance apart age-wise. So mine are just like, you know... 12 years older than yours, but it's like looking at your girls is like looking at mine when they were itty bitty. So yeah, there's lots of stories to share.
0: Yeah, you can give me lots of advice. Well, thank you for sharing your story with me and with those that are listening. Again, seekingthestill.com. And you can also follow Laura with Seeking the Still on Instagram and Facebook. Laura, thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. It was such an
0: honor to be to be part of your show. So keep up the great work. Before we get to this week's supermom shout out, there are a couple of things that Laura said in this week's episode that made me think of one of my sponsors, Blonde in Real Estate. So Laura said something along the lines of when she really had that relationship with Jesus and her faith was growing. She started to feel a little bit more content and she started giving and and by giving, she started receiving. And she did say, hey, listen, I'm not telling you you're going to get a million dollars just because you start gr- growing your faith in relationship with Jesus. But she did say he's always working everything for good. And it did make me think, well, of course, if I had a million dollars, I would definitely upgrade my home. But just to be patient and to really think about the things that you want in life. And so I do know one of the things that I want in life is to have a bigger home or to have more land and to have some more freedom for the girls to run around. But I also know I need to be patient and those good things will come and those good things will be there for you when you're ready and those good people will be the people behind Blonde and Real Estate. They definitely care about your needs. They care about placing you exactly where you need to be. And they're going to be patient with you. They're going to make sure that you are definitely investing in the right place at the right time. So I encourage you to write down BlondinRealEstate.com, BlondinRealEstate.com for anything in the future or even right now. Maybe there is something that you want right now. They can help you out. They're a great team. And just like Laura said in this episode, she makes sure that she has the best team to help her with everything that's going on in her life. This is a great team with Blondin Real Estate. They'll help you with all of your real estate needs. BlondinRealEstate.com. All right. It is time for this week's Supermom Shoutout. This week's Supermom is Tiffany. She was nominated by her friend Andrea. Tiffany is from Winsville, Missouri. And here's what Andrea has to say. Tiffany is an amazing mom of four. A 19-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 3-year-old. She's an amazing photographer who ran a photography business while going through a very difficult time of infertility. In between the 13-year-old and 4-year-old, she had several miscarriages and was certain she would never conceive again. She used her photography business as a way to help herself grieve the realization or so she thought of never having more children. Fast forward, she ended up having two boys back to back all the while finally going through therapy for sexual abuse that happened to her as a child. You might be thinking, why would I tell you this? Well, she started a social media photography campaign to erase the stigma around sexual abuse. The campaign is called Project Ember 2020. You can find it on Facebook and I encourage you to go to this Facebook page and you will see what a truly amazing woman she is. I am so happy and proud to call her my friend. Tiffany, I see you and I support you. And this is your Supermom Mom shout out. If you want to be like Andrea and nominate a special Supermom in your life, all you have to do is email me. Hello at JillDevine.com. Tell me that Supermom's name, where she's from, and why you're nominating her. It's that easy. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Two Kids in a Career. I really appreciate the support. And you can follow along with updates at Jill Devine. That's on Instagram and the website, jilldevine.com. Don't forget, I would love if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just makes it a little bit easier to get in front of others when I have more ratings and reviews, to be completely honest with you. I want to thank you again for the support and for listening to Two Kids kids and a career.